Bay, friends and neighbors, thanks for joining us once again on The Skinny here on 88.5 WMNF. My name is Ben Montgomery, and I'm joined here by my friends and fellow journalists, Mitch Perry. Good morning. And Ray Roa. What's up, Ben? And we're here every Friday at 11 a.m. with this phenomenal uh, radio show called The Skinny. Uh, and glad to be joined by you. Um, first of all, how are you boys doing? We're, we're, we're going to have a conversational episode a little bit uh, today, so, uh, so stay tuned. I'm good. Uh, I but, stopped sweating already today, which yeah. is great. So I've exercised and I'm not sweating anymore, it's which is awesome. It's hot out there. How about you? Mitch? It is hot, and we'll, we'll talk about this with our guests in a moment here because uh, you know waiting for the bus actually is really challenging <laughs> in uh, summer here in Tampa, certainly in St. Petersburg. Uh, but yeah, Ben, let's talk. Let's talk to our guests here. Who we've got here, folks? We've all been uh, traveling a lot this summer. Uh, Mitch and Ray were both out on the West Coast uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, I spent four days in Vancouver, and uh, and then took my youngest up to New York City for a few days to help her get oriented. She's going to college in the in the big city uh, here in the fall. And so we wanted to do a few dry runs, get her oriented with her commute. She won't be uh, bringing an automobile to New York City. And so she's got to learn to get around on the buses and on the subway system using public transit. And this is sort of a way to lead into today's program. I don't know about you guys, but I love visiting cities when I do. I throw myself at the mercy of the public transit system no matter where I go. 100%. Uh, and uh, and it's fun. You learn about a place uh, through its subways, through its buses, meeting its people, through its pedestrians, through its bike paths, and so forth. And more and more, it seems to me, cities are walkable, mm-hmm. right? Like there's been a transition in the past 10 or 15 years. And let's not lay it all at the feet of Jeff Speck, who wrote Walkable Cities. But cities are becoming more walkable. Finally, city planners are sort of retrofitting some of our places, not just public transit, better systems of public transit, but also with safer ways for bicyclists and pedestrians to get around. And all of this comes uh, comes at a, at a disappointing time. It turns out um, the number of pedestrians who were struck and killed by vehicles in 2022 last year was the highest it's been since 1981, according to a report based on the government uh, on government data. The New York Times is reporting that at least 7,508 people who are out walking, walking, were struck and killed in the United States last year, according to the report published by the Governor's Highway Safety Association last week. Um, that's a nonprofit that represents states' safety offices, it should be pointed out. The report used preliminary data from government agencies in 49 states and Washington, D.C. The findings for 2022 accompanied an analysis of federal government data from 21 showed that pedestrian deaths in the United States have continued to rise over the last decade. And this is sort of what we want to talk about. We, a few weeks ago, started talking about putting together a show on transit. And of course, that is a big and nebulous topic. Uh, and it's too difficult to get at in one radio program in one hour. Um, but we want to start to address that, and hopefully we can dedicate some more shows to this uh, important topic. Uh, from 2010, let me just point this out, from 2010 to 2021, pedestrian deaths increased from 4,302 to 7,624, a 77% rise according to the federal data. In the same period, other types of traffic fatalities increased by just 25%. Um, Now, the report indicated uh, there are several factors involved that could have contributed to this, including more risky driving behavior during the coronavirus pandemic and also a lack of awareness and enforcement of current 
traffic safety laws. We want to bring on our guests uh, today to talk about some of these issues and to talk about what they're doing, what their uh, agencies are doing to help people get from place to place in safer ways. First of all, Justin Willits, a friend of mine, I should point out, and the new director of planning and scheduling for HART. He's been uh, now on this job, back on this job for five weeks. Am I right, Justin? That's right. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Welcome. Thank you for joining us. And also at the table, Whitney Fox, who's the director of marketing and communications for uh, P- PTSA. P- am I, I'm sorry, P-S-T-A. did I? I'm sorry, I get that wrong That's every okay. time. PSTA. <laughs> Welcome uh, to you both. Welcome, Whitney. Thank, Thank you for you. joining Good us. Thanks. Um, so uh, this, these are numbers that are on your radar. Am I right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of those uh, walkers that are out there that are getting hit, I have not seen the data crunch to see how many of those people are trying to get to our transit services, but I suspect it's a pretty high number. So it's something trying to get to the bus. Yeah, they're crossing the road. They're crossing big, scary roads. Uh, they don't have protected crossings. Uh, part of the work I've done in my career is specific with transportation safety, but also focuses mainly on transit. But uh, it's, a, it's a big problem here. You know, we don't have enough signals. We don't have enough crossings, but we apply that at the planning level to really look at where we're putting bus stops to make sure that they're as close as they can possibly be to a safe crossing. And, you know, that's one of the best things we can do to try to encourage that kind of good behavior to take it from a high level to a very specific one. If we roll back the clock a little bit here, uh, is there something that this region has failed at generally? Uh, whether it's in terms of designing streets that make automobiles centric or what, what's what been the major downfall in this region, which year after year uh, shows up at the top of these lists in terms of uh, pedestrian uh, deaths, pedestrian bicyclist deaths and traffic accidents. What have we failed at? Uh, well, one thing I would say is I think there's been if there's traffic, well, we have to add more roads, of course. Like there's more people, there's more people, more cars. Well, the solution seems to, well, we'll just add more roads. That'll help alleviate the traffic, but not concentrating to your point of concentrating on pedestrians and what, how are we going to move more people in less time and safely? I think that safety really needs to be top of mind for any of the planning that we're doing as, as a region in all of Tampa Bay. Yeah, I agree. I, t- I think uh, what we failed at is probably growth management. And these big roads that didn't need a lot of signals when they were built are now having to meet a warrant, which is a justification for a signal or a crosswalk for pedestrians or bicyclists. That process takes years. It takes a lot of funding. And as most of you all know, we don't have a lot of local funding for transportation or transit. So we're retrofitting big state highways for more dense development. Um, and it's just we're likely to never catch up, uh, especially given our limited funding. There should be uh, more funding, right, Mitch? Uh, tell us about what happened with that $570 million in all right. transportation. As listeners probably know, Hillsborough County voted for that transportation tax back in 2018, and yet uh, we've never seen any of the uh, bounty from that. Of course, there was a lawsuit, and the Supreme Court struck it down. And, and Justin, tell me, um, Hart was going to get a, a good portion of that, and I'm sure you see, and you know, we'll see how, when it, it's not going to come this year, the legislature, of course, can be ended their session a couple months ago and uh, nothing was resolved on this. We believe it will finally happen in 2024. Um, how is that going to change heart if, if you do get some of that funding? I guess, what is it, $570 million, million that's just sitting there right now? 
Yeah, so the tax was set up for 45% to go to Hart. Um, and, you know, this is my second time being at Hart. Uh, I was there uh, the first time during, just after the, the tax had passed. And my department, Service Development, was responsible for developing the plans to implement the increase in funding. And we put together a bunch of plans to phase in an increase in bus service and then to start identify other capital projects like bus rapid transit like the Sunrunner is doing. Um, we have a small project similar to that we're trying to find some money for still. Uh, but that was really uh, a main focus was enhancing bus service because the number one thing our, our customers want is more frequency on the existing service and additional routes, some of which have gone away over the years because of a lack of funding. Um, we can touch on that. Yeah, that, that, that really funding has always been an issue when it comes to heart. And, and for a lot of transit agencies, period, right? I mean, that's something that you guys are always working on. And, it, and it's a problem in America, essentially, too. I mean, again, we were just, I was saying before the show began, I was out in the San Francisco Bay Area for BART, um, and they are having a massive problem in terms of funding. And the governor there just announced a big plan to help fund that. We're not hearing that, of course, from our lawmakers here in Tallahassee when it comes to, uh, to public transportation and, and making a dedication to that. You mentioned uh, routine service and uh, also the Sunrunner. And uh, let's, let's talk about this a little bit because, Whitney, you know all about the Sunrunner. Uh, this launched in October. Tell us what it is for those who don't know. Sure. So the Sunrunner is, um, for the technical term, a bus rapid transit service. And what that means is it's built a little bit differently than the rest of our bus service because it is, first of all, rapid for many different reasons. It has its own dedicated bus lane. Uh, it arrives to the, its stations every 15 minutes. Uh, fewer stations along the route, so it's supposed to go quickly. And bike racks on board the bus instead of on the front, which, so you can just walk right on board. Uh, and we have th uh, technology like transit signal priority for it to hold a green light just a few minutes longer so that it can mm. go through. And the idea here is, once again, to move more people in less time in, a, in a, one of our highest ridership corridors to really get people from end to end in, in a faster time period and with ease of use. So uh, it, it's really... I think transforming the idea of what public transportation could be in the region. It's really the first of its kind in the entire Tampa Bay area. It's certainly getting a lot of buzz. We've uh, been hearing about it. Uh, Mitch, you had an experience last week? Uh, right, sort of waiting right. On the I, was at, I was at the Sunday down in St. Pete for the uh, Pride Parade uh, or festival, I guess it was on Sunday, uh, doing a, working on a story actually. And of course it was ungodly hot, right? And my thing was, and I'm fr was frustrated because I believe it comes every 15 minutes. Is that correct? That's correct. And now I I thought there was a part of First Avenue uh, South that was blocked because I seemed because of the you know events that were going on there. So I didn't know if that was how quickly it was going to come to the one I was at. And my thing was this: I, I couldn't even literally wait 15 minutes because it was so hot. Look, I you know, and I had a credit card to call a lift and a phone, right? But but I think that the fact that you do have regular um, 15 minutes and this goes to what you were talking about, uh, you know, Justin, in terms of like free, people want more frequency. I think that's a key thing to know that. Um, by the way, we've got a. a call here. I'm going to give a phone number, 813-239-9663. If you do want to talk about transit here in the Tampa Bay area, a perpetual perennial subject, uh, please call in right now or send us a text at, um, uh, let's see. 813-433-0885 here if you are a texter. And if just please be on the bus and not driving your automobile. Yeah, in fact, let's, go to, let's go to a call right now, actually. We've yeah. got, uh, let's see here, we've got Deandra from Sulphur Springs. Hi, Deandra, you're on WMNF. Hey, good morning, uh, folks. I appreciate you holding this uh, uh, conversation. 
Um, I noticed something over in Pinellas. Actually, two things I wanted to bring up. I noticed something over in Pinellas while I was driving with Rideshare. I was doing Uber uh, over there. It was popular for the time. Uh, I, I, I have been doing Uber and Lyft uh, for about seven years. And I've seen that the mass transit system somehow integrated uh, Uber with uh, with uh, with the city down there in St. Pete or Clearwater, the, the county um, uh, uh, between Clearwater and uh, uh, St. Pete, uh, Pinellas over there. Uh, are you considering moving in, the, in that direction? And also, um, isn't it uh, a little bit uh, tough on people who maybe need to go beyond the bounds that, you know, have been drawn for heart to get around when work is, you know, so far off, uh, uh, sometimes beyond the county um, uh, when it comes to, you know, getting around, taking care of whatever uh, priorities and as well late night. Uh, transit that that was the killer for me. Uh, great I'm questions, sorry. DeAndre. We got we we actually got the director of planning and scheduling for Hart sitting right across the table here, so he'll take that question second. But first, uh, Whitney, can you respond to the first part of his question? Absolutely, and you are correct. We are one of the first public transit agencies in the country to work with what are called TNCs like Uber. Um, we have a program called Direct Connect, uh, and it's to help solve that first mile, last mile problem of how are people getting to a bus stop or to a station. Maybe they don't live close to it and it might be a further walk for them. Uh, so they can actually, at certain bus stop locations that are part of our Direct Connect program at PSTA, they can take an Uber to a bus stop location or from a bus stop location that's part of the program and get a $5 discount off of their Uber ride. And that's, again, to help with that first mile, last mile issue. Uh, and that is something that has, it started as a pilot and has expanded and has potential to continue to expand depending on on ridership uh, if it continues to to do well so it's a trial program right yeah so how do you know uh, I guess you're measuring collecting data on how, how many people are participating in that yeah, absolutely we're looking at how, how people are using it and and what stations they're going to and and where they're coming from and um, talking about what changes could be implemented how it could be expanded um, and and continuing to add more stops to that direct connect program which the Sunrunner is also has a station a part of that program as well. Yeah. Justin, can you tell us how Hart is responsive to how people, like how do you even begin to know where people need to go, right? How, how do you measure that and how is Hart responsive to the needs of, you know, a lot of people who need to get from place to place? So we do it a couple of different ways. We do onboard surveys to figure out where our existing customers are going. And then we also, now that with the prevalence of cell phone data, we can basically purchase that data from the, from the industry and get uh, information on what's called trip density. So we know like a certain zip code to another zip code generates 2000 trips a day or several hundred in the peak hour. And that's how we can start to identify, you know, future riders that probably don't have access to a, a route that works for them at this point. Um, but we can also get information on how we can serve our existing ridership better. Um, we actually piloted a hyperlink program, which was a point to point Uber-like service many years ago that, right. did, that didn't work that. out. Yeah, yeah. That, that didn't work out so well. So we're trying to work towards getting another uh, application implemented with some new technology so we can deliver more of those services either with our own vehicles or, you know, we could 
pay someone else to do it, hypothetically. Yeah, yeah. I got to uh, tell you, I was uh, just yesterday. Thank uh, you, uh, Andrea. Uh, let you go here. Yeah, thanks so much for the call. Uh, and by the way, uh, uh, call, call in if you have any uh, questions, issues, complaints. Uh, 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 praise, yeah, praise uh, for the for the bus system and for getting around Tampa. Give us a call and let us know. There was there uh, was one other point that he made oh, sure, that yes. I wanted to touch on. It, no, that's okay. It was um, the late shift, yeah, and oh, uh, yeah. of course, running a bus system um, and and looking at ridership and, and what the needs are. Um, we do obviously stop the bus service at certain hours uh, f- uh, and don't run all evening. All like, we're what, not what, what time is that? Eleven o'clock. What it time? depends on the route, but okay. some end at, at midnight, like the sunrise some end at 10 p.m. Uh, but what we do have is a TD late shift program through PSTA that if you sign up and qualify that you can again uh, use a TNC service to to actually get to where you need to go. Okay. If you're working a late shift wow. hour, if okay. it's for work, that is a program that we do offer as well. Which is a great thing. I used to, I didn't have a car for like three years and I was working in Ebor as doing security and you get off on one of those weekdays. And I remember my first night sleeping at a bus stop I was awoken up by somebody who said, don't sleep at a bus stop, right. my man. Uh-huh. So now knowing that, you know, and that was, I was 19, so we are getting, we, We're getting some feedback, excuse me, Ray, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, via email. Let's see, we've got several notes here. Uh, I'll go first up with David, who writes, I find it ironic that the only place in Tampa with a decent train system is at the airport. Uh, the downtown Ebor trolley is okay, but needs to be double-tracked for the whole length to make it more efficient. The trolley also needs to be expanded north. Now, I know there has been a, a lot of work, a lot of money going into expanding the uh, Tico streetcar, as they call it. Um, I, I, I was reading something earlier before the show today about uh, streetcars because in some places they have become, in other cities, a thing. But in many ways, more of an amenity for downtown than actually, you know, really to help people get from point A to point B. I know it's, it's always been sold here. We know it's great for Ebor down to the Amelie Arena. And uh, I've certainly used it for that. And But, you know, it only goes so not that far, frankly. And I know there's a lot of talk. I don't know if, if Justin, you know about that, what they're trying to do here in Tampa. What's, what is the status, Justin? Yeah, so uh, looking for a local funding match. The yeah. state committed $67 million several years ago, and that needs to be matched by $67 million okay. at the local level. So that project's kind of just on hold right. until kind of the city uh, mostly has been leading that that effort. Obviously, we're the operator of the streetcar. Right. Hard okay. is. Uh, but that's kind of the... So, that, so we're in a holding pattern right now with that, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, um, I'm going to try to read this. We had an email that's like in minus. Absolutely. Go ahead, Justin. I will say that uh, as far as the the double track in the streetcar, that's a very interesting and specific operational (laughs) comment. Uh, But we're actually running 12-minute headways on the streetcar on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, The ridership is expected to exceed 1.6 million this year. Um, that's going to surpass our, even our best really? bus, bus route. That's, that's on that one. That's on the street. That's on the Tico the street. Because right. right. okay. they made changes to the service that have benefit. Have yeah. what, what, what kind of changes? So it was for the last three years or so, the state has helped uh, fund the service improvements to have 15 minute service all day. Okay. DOT did that. Um, recently, we implemented because we were getting such we call them crush loads when the bus or transit vehicle is over capacity, mm-hmm. you can't take any more people. It's called a crush load. So we were handling crush loads. To do that, we increased the frequency at the busiest times Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 15 minutes to 12 minutes. Um, so we're we're gonna really surpass all the ridership. We obviously implemented fare free service. That also helps, uh, as you know, on Sunrunner as well. Um, but I did want to point out. Why, that, why, did, can you tell oh, us about? Uh, I'm just sorry to just pause you real quick. Why is that not a good idea on all city buses to run that frequently? No, to to be free. Um, it depends on who you ask. Uh, right. It's 
it seems like a reasonable idea. I mean, it's free to drive on the interstate, right? If you have, if you can afford a car, so. right? Now, um, now, what I was uh, reading about was some don't like that because in terms of free service. I know Boston. I think they're doing that now. Um, is because you already have an issue with not government not doing enough uh, funding for transit, and that will only encourage them. Is oh, you guys can do this without any funding? Then fine. Yeah. Well, I did want to say, like in theory, I, I love the idea. Sounds great. We can't afford that loss yeah. in revenue. Right. Mm-hmm. With that, you know, if that revenue was to be replaced with by somebody. That would be great, right? But we we can't afford to to take that loss. Would you ride the bus if it were free? Uh, would you ride the bus more, Ray? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm in a fortunate position where like I always have a few dollar bills in my pockets, and my kid loves riding the bus, and it only costs me two dollars or four dollars to ride all day in Hillsboro. Um, so what I ride? Yes, but I think the thing that would make me ride more frequently is if I could look down at my phone and see that a bus was coming within the next ten minutes. Because the only times I've really been discouraged from taking a bus, maybe to work, either maybe I have to drive to the studio here. Um is when it's, it's, it is going to take me 30 minutes to wait for a bus. I can work a little bit at home. Um, but but that's really, I think, frequency for me. But well, I think a lot of people in yeah. this and, community and, don't have the money to ride the bus. And, and I should say just on a, I, I own a vehicle and get around by car and by foot and by bike more than anything else. And it's been a few years since I've ridden the bus in Tampa. Uh, but I just yesterday decided I was going to go for a swim down at Cuscadon Park, and so I got on got on the bus. Um, it's Sly in Nebraska Is Avenue. Fifteen. So four hundred oh, going okay. south. That's the Flamingo line, right? The four hundred. Uh, we accept Flamingo payment on all all the buses. Okay, but I, the payment was curious to me because I had my cash out. I had a ten dollar bill out, and it's been a minute since I rode the bus. <laughs> but uh, you know, the last time I was in New York and Vancouver, you just kind of swipe your credit card over the scanner and go on through. And I didn't realize that was a, a you know possibility on the bus. So I walk up to the driver, and he says, "Well, you got to get change for that. Get off the bus." And I said, "Well, can I pay with the card?" And he said, "Oh yeah, you can pay with the card." And sure enough, just right. touchless now, scan. That's new. So. So that just launched this year. Okay. So it's what, 2023. Yeah. And this is huge for it the is. entire Tampa Bay region for wow. Heart and PSTA, because you are exactly right. If you wanted to ride the bus and you only have a, a $10 bill or 20, you can't get change from the operator. That's you right. had to pay with exact cash and that was your only option. Uh, or you could go to a, a service or a terminal area and, and bypass that way. Right. It was very inconvenient, but that's what a lot of riders are used to is paying in, in cash and exact change. But now you can use what we ca- call ca- contactless payment and any tappable card, watch, phone, anything like that, you can tap and board, which makes it incredibly convenient and easy. As, talk about wanting to ride and re- and really getting rid of those barriers of people not understanding like, well, how do I pay for the fare? How much is the fare? Do I have the exact change? Who carries quarters and dollar bills? In right, right. Every day? Exactly. There but, is a barrier, just just lack of information for a guy like me. Right. I'm not, I don't want to walk into that because I don't know what, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? It's, but once you do, you realize, oh, this is very, very easy and why have I well, not But this is really like breaking news because I did not, I haven't seen any reports that this is all available on our Heart and P- PSTA buses now. This is really this big. This is one of the primary messages I wanted to deliver. <laughs> yes, that's so loud and use. clear, ladies and gentlemen. You can use your touchless papers on, on our website by, today. Uh, <laughs> to, to, to ride the buses around. So and by use. the way, um, we're getting some calls here, so we want to go to the phones here. 813-239-9663. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Skinny here on WMNF. We're with uh, Justin Willis with Heart and Whitney Fox from PTSA. Uh, PST. PSTA. I said it. I got it written here as PSTA. Okay, so let's go to... Oh, okay, I got this, this uh, text message that Ray was able to help me uh, read here. 
So this is from William. Uh, he says, all over the world, the population of walkers, bikers, and drivers has increased exponentially while the oversight of law enforcement has decreased. On top of that, many cities like Tampa have no easy way to increase public transportation. Additionally, many people that have to walk or use bicycles have medical or, excuse me, mental and medical issues that make their lives dangerous. Okay, um, and okay, uh, let's see, let's go back. Let's go to, let's see, oh, let's go to Paul, who's calling in from Dunedin over there in Pinellas County. Uh, Paul, uh, good, good morning. Hi, enjoying the show. My, my family goes back to the 60s in this area, and pub, just like public education, public transportation to this day is grossly underfunded. It's, it, it's terrible. I just think they. One idea I I've had for years is if you're a if you're a Florida resident, you should be able to ride public transportation free. They have tens, hundreds of millions of dollars to spend on new bridges to the, you know, to where the wealthy live along the coastline. They have all kinds of money. You know what? Right. Tampa. Florida residents ride free. Well, you know, yeah, Paul, we talked a little bit about that well, just right. now, Paul. And also, Paul, but you're saying with the bridges and all the like, you know, that's DOT money. That's that state money that is not going to these uh, public transportation agencies. So they, you know, it's, it is a bit of a, not a gamble, but like, obviously, Sunrunner, you guys are, are you know, how, how do you, how does PTSA, um, is that right? PTSA, <laughs> I'm sorry. Pinellas Suncoast. Exactly. Oh, I, I Brad Miller, come on, I, I've covered the, the agency <laughs> many, many years. Um, but th- thank you for the call, Paul, because it, we were just talking about that, and it, it is a continue to be an issue um, in terms of. So, how do you? Here's uh, here's yeah. one issue, though. Uh, I mean, part of that fund we know uh, has been held up five hundred seventy million dollars in funding. Well, here in Hillsborough, right? Here in Hillsborough, but. Um, uh, it turns out, uh, uh, news from last week, former Hillsborough County Commissioner Stacy White, who in 2018 successfully sued to overturn all for, transporta- all for transportation's one cent sales tax, is actually moving away from the area. Well, uh, you can't get around or something? No, he said he was just oh, looking yeah, for traffic. a change of pace, according to William March, reporting for the Tampa Bay Times. They're moving to Sevierville, Tennessee. Uh, which is uh, uh, where uh, Pigeon Forge, uh, where Dollywood is. Um, like eight lanes of traffic, <laughs> always at a standstill. I hope he enjoys it out there. What, uh, what, uh, well, what, I think, uh, can I ask a question? Like, it's maybe a little bit macro. You know, we're talking about government funding, and, and now, as we've mentioned on all these shows, everything seems to be so political. What is that challenge like for your uh, particular agencies as far as just kind of keeping the focus on we need to get people moved around and have them navigate that political spectrum in terms of government money going to agencies like, like yours, which effectively people if you look at a bus think of how many less cars are on the road when you see the people on there Mm. yeah well, I know, I know from, from our perspective, you are, are right. It is difficult. I think that both HART and PSTA do a phenomenal job f- with the, with what they have. And, you know, Pinellas and Coast Transit Authority, we are one of the lowest funded public transportation agencies per capita in the country. Wow. So, of course, you talked a minute ago about frequency, and, and it's been proven through studies that 15 minutes is kind of the sweet spot. Anything under 15, more and more people are more likely to ride. So go, taking the Tico mm. streetcar to 12, just those three minutes makes a huge difference for people when they're waiting. The Sunrunner is 15 minutes. Some people would like it to come more often. So we have many routes in Pinellas County. It's an hour, and people depend on 
on that service to get to work, to get to the grocery store, to get home, if they miss that bus, I mean, it's it changes their the, their whole day. And that's two hours a day that they're commu- using to commute throughout the week, throughout the month. That's, that's a lot of time that it, they are struggling to get around. So as far as funding goes, that's something that we struggle with constantly. And one thing that I've I'm constantly impressed with with both agencies in the Tampa Bay region is projects like the Sunrunner where we have to apply for a very specific grant. And that was the first time that PSA has ever been awarded a federal grant of this kind to do a project like the Sunrunner. And that's why the Sunrunner exists. And some people might look at it and say, oh, you've got this shiny new service. You guys are doing just fine on funding. It took over 10 years in the making for the Sunrunner to come to fruition. So in that if if we were properly funded, both Heart and PSTA, we could be doing th- these kinds of projects constantly. We could be getting people to where they need to go. We could be getting people who maybe don't depend on on public transportation, but are just curious about it. Or, you know what? Maybe I maybe I would like to be a one car family or one car household because I can take public transit. But we aren't there yet because of the the frequency is not there, and that's the only thing that's going to increase ridership throughout the entire region. Now, Justin, before we have you answered that question, but I think this is. Re- Related, and this is, uh, and I know you don't, and you're not going to, we're not going to ask you to talk about this, but a, a listener called in and he's asking, have you, uh, tuned in late, have you talked about the Grand fiasco at Heart, the Tory, uh, let's see, that was the, uh, the Terry Wright moonlighting in New Orleans. As the listeners we probably know. educated listeners. Well, definitely there was, of course, a, a, the latest kind of imbroglio at Heart. And I, I bring this up um, not, not to talk, you know, specifically about it because this is above your pay grade, um, but... The perception, I think, has always been a problem here since, you know, I've lived here for 23 years in the Tampa Bay area, and, and I've covered heart, a lot of heart issues in terms of what was going on at the heart meetings, and this is just the latest unfortunate situation that I do think, you know, a, a public perception, and if people think, like, uh, what the heck are they doing over there? Um, Justin, if you can talk about that, how you believe anyway, I mean, does it make your job, it has to make your job harder in some respects. Sure. I, I think, uh, you know, we've got an interim CEO right now who's doing a, doing a great job. Who was um, that? Uh, Scott Drainville. Okay. He was the chief of maintenance and transportation. Um, so he's doing a great job kind of uh, getting everything settled and, and balancing things out. Um, I'm going to transition right to the funding question. The, uh, we're, we're approaching a fiscal cliff in the next few years that's been in the media as well. Um, and we're going to have to make some tough decisions. We're going to have to go to our partners and ask for more funding, be in the city, the state. Uh, the county. Um, the county was nice enough to fund uh, $2.7 million worth of service uh, several years ago before COVID. Um, so we're, we're looking for those kinds of partnerships moving forward. Uh, I think there may be some interest from the city of Tampa to stand up a, a similar type circulator service uh, to something that we can fold into a future bus rapid transit on Florida Avenue and Tampa Street, uh, coming out of downtown through Seminole Heights, um, and that's interesting because because uh, I always thought with Hillsborough it had to be from Hillsborough County, but Tampa could, if they want to, provide funding. Uh, yeah, the, the city of Tampa, I think they can pass an assessment at the council level for transportation. Uh-huh. Um, so that's one of the options. I've heard that from a few. Uh, uh, our Louis Vieira is our our chairman. He, right, he's brought that up. Um, you know, the obviously the sales tax didn't come through. Uh, so our ad valorem. Uh, when you get your your tax bill every year is maxed out at half a mil, I think PSTA. Mm-hmm. See, I, I say it right. <laughs> um, they, they, they get three quarters of a mil. 
Um, and I think they may be evaluating some type of rollback or something like that. I've heard something that, to that effect. But yeah, we're pretty much maxed out at, at our millage. I would, I would encourage people to look at how much... I heard recently that the library assessment may be more than you're paying for public transit in this county. Oh, wow. And I think we'd all price. There's we, also we support been, libraries, but that's a pretty... If that's true. Well, I, mean, I haven't you would checked need to my take bill. a bus to get to the library, too. I mean, all free public services that enhance your life. I mean, on, on one hand, the bus is enhancing your life, allowing you to get to work. And, and the library, for a lot of people, is the only quiet place where a kid can work after school because maybe their home um, is not that way. And on the weekends, the libraries that are open on the weekends are a godsend uh, for people, especially uh, when it's hot out. We're so, going to go yeah. another phone call. And the bus has got a great AC, too, I want to remind people. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yes. There's also been talk, by the way, of, uh, again, this is a talk of... 10 years ago of heart and PSTA. Oh, very good, man. Yes. Of, of uh, merging. Have you guys, uh, are you aware of this discussion? Um, I know, again, maybe you guys are, are below in terms of you, that's a political issue. But uh, Jack Watval, former county commissioner, almost a decade ago, there were some serious talks about doing it you know, 2012, 2013, I believe it was. Uh, and then Hill, um, I believe Pinellas wanted to do it. Hillsborough was not interested. It didn't happen. And now again, with these kind of issues with funding, there's been renewed talk about that. Um, I know you guys can't really talk about it because it's like you can't control that's going to happen there. But I, I do want to tell the listeners that that is coming up. Okay, let's go to Chris uh, from Tampa. He wants to talk about heart. Hi, Chris. Hi, um, it's, hey, Justin, it's Chris, you know, Chris Bella. Um, there was a Senate Bill 1532 that was recently passed by Florida legislation, and I'm not, I think the governor signed it, but I'm not sure. So, so basically, it's, a, it's kind of like a two-part bill. first part is that HART needs to provide the state um, with a report on operations and analysis and functions of the agency itself to point out needs and deficiencies. The bill itself ultimately uh, states that, I guess, if it's up to legislation, they can dissolve HART, and HART would be absorbed by PSTA, or PSTA, excuse me. So um, my question is, this report due on January 1st, 2024. Has HART started on this report, and would that be shared to the public? So that's my question. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. So that is a report being done by FDOT, is my understanding. Um, I believe they've started speaking with uh, some people at heart. Mm -hmm. I think they probably started with the CEO. That's just sure. my guess. Yeah, I, yeah. I have not been involved yet. Yeah. Um, my understanding is that they're studying the governance and organizational structure, um, and we'll kind of see where it goes. We're, we're using this as an opportunity to say, hey, come tell us what we're doing right, what we need help with. Um, we've probably got a pretty good idea ourselves. We, we work here. <laughs> um, and we are going to use this to do some more kind of progressive things internally and externally and use this as a way to encourage people to better fund transit in Hillsborough County. Um, as far as the merger goes, I think when that got studied years ago, what you're going to find is that there's not a ton of cost savings. And then if you go back to what we talked about earlier about trip density, we, we'd agree. We probably would love 15 or 30 minute service over the bridges all day, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. But where are people going when they get off the bridge? It's a lot of different places. Right. Yeah. It's a really hard trip pattern to serve efficiently with public transit without major TOD, transit-oriented development nodes on both ends. We've got a couple of those, like downtown and West Shore. But you need a lot of density on both sides of the bay at specific locations to really make really good service work and pencil out. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. when you go through a federal project, you get a cost per trip 
and that's how they evaluate your project. And that's why Sunrunner did so good on their corridor, why we really like our corridor, except we don't have a federal project because we don't have a local match. So we're going to try to do a BRT project on a pretty low budget. We may not have some really fancy branding on our buses, but our stations, we hope we can get to look really nice. We already have 15-minute service on multiple corridors. I'd encourage people to get out there on Florida Avenue Route 1 or Nebraska Route 400, Route 6 on Florida Avenue, Florida, Nebraska, and 21st all the way to 56th Street. I just wanted to say we've got some really great service out there that works really well for a lot of people. we got a couple of routes that are approaching 4,000 trips a day. Um, the streetcar does better than that on the weekends, but on the weekday, when we're talking about moving working class people that rely on our services, we're talking about the bus. The bus is the is the backbone of transit in America. It's going to be the backbone of transit everywhere for a very long time. We're going to try to do some more innovative stuff, and that's my stump speech. How do you, so, uh, or is it the case when, when you're talking about um, uh, transit across the bridge and the nodes, is it the case that we're just not dense enough? That, that we've built single-family homes in kind of a sprawly fashion with three for 3.2 million residents, and we're too spread out. That, that's a little part of the problem. Well, it's it's a it's a good chunk of the problem. Yeah. The the other problem is how many places in Tampa Bay charge for parking? Downtown St. Pete, downtown Tampa, and the beach. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Maybe the airport. Right. We don't have any incentive. Parking is easy to come by and cheap. Right. Yeah. You, you, there's there's right. no incentive. Yeah, for you're anyone. so right about that. You, I always think about to go to Miami or of course from San Francisco. If it's you, hell you, to park. You, you, yeah, right. Or, or you can park for like thirty dollars a day. Right. You know, like who can who wants to do that when you can take would rather take two dollars or what have you less than that to get downtown. Mm-hmm. So when I moved here ten years ago, it was cheaper. This is, you know where Water Street is now? That's a big reason the streetcar ridership is off Okay, the yeah, that's so It was cheaper there. to park there daily than to take one-way bus service. Hmm. It, wow. was, it was like $2 to park at the gravel lot where Water Street is now. And there used to be this image that our marketing team had put on social media, and I told them never do it again. <laughs> it was our bus traveling by a sign that says $2 to park all day. <laughs> and I was like, this is this is not going to sell. Right. This is a good question for listeners. What would it take to get you on the bus? If you live in, uh, in Hillsborough, Pinellas County, and you don't actively engage in public transportation, what would it take? Mm-hmm. Give us a call, 813-239-9663. Maybe you've never ridden the bus before. Uh, what would it take to get you on there? I want to remind listeners, you're listening to the voices of Whitney Fox, Director of Communications and Marketing at PSTA, Pinellas' Bus and Transit Service. Justin Willits is here. He just restarted a job back at Hart, new position, Director of Planning and Scheduling um, at Hart. And we're talking all things transit here on The Skinny on WMNF Tampa. And I do want to say, I, I'm sorry, what do you, you want to say something? I just wanted to touch on something that Justin said about really like the buses and public transportation being the backbone of our society. And and I know you asked a very... It makes me feel good. It's like studs turkle, kind of <laughs> like, yeah, I want to ride the bus more. But then you asked the audience a good question of like, what would it take to get you on the bus, right? And and really from a sustainability perspective or environmental perspective, it, it makes sense to, to aspire to ride the bus more often. But even if you don't ride the bus... It is the backbone to our society. Mm-hmm. They, the people who are serving your coffee at your local coffee shop or the, for me personally, one of the um, caretakers who watches my daughter every day while I'm at work, like she doesn't own a car. The people don't own a car. 
they depend on the service to get to work to better your lives. So even even if you don't think you would ever step foot onto a bus in your community, it benefits you and affects your life in so many different ways and the life of those around you. Yeah. And uh, what we've got, uh, again, you can call in right now, 813-239-9663. We'll go back to our phones in a minute. We've got a, a note in, let's see, this is from uh, Jeff. He says, great topic. I was going to pose a question. You took it up. I've lived here since the late... 80s and have always been reasonably pleased with the bus service. The buses are always clean, pretty much on time, and the air conditioning seems to work great. Without mentioning individuals, why have there been four different CEOs in five years? And why is the job paid $345,000 and the mayor only grosses $113,000? Really? I thought the mayor makes more than that. I realize that capitalism controls a lot of these figures, but seriously, three times as much. Also, why are the drivers not union? I think, aren't they union? Uh, yeah, I think they are. The AT, uh, AT, what is it? ATU. ATU, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amalgamated yeah, Transit yeah. Uh, Union. Uh, and uh, that would help tremendously. Okay, well, thank you for that comment, Jeff. And let's go. We've got some people. Uh, let's see. Let's go. I to... don't think that that salary number was accurate. Yeah. I yeah, I'm looking at I don't that. want it anybody was, to hear to But think it was that. a little less than 300000 I, I believe it was, it was under three hundred. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I'm not. But you know, it was, it's, it's a, a well-paying job, certainly. Uh, and again, there has been all types of controversy at heart at the executive level, which has just been tragic in terms of what we're talking about, in terms of how... This is so vital that we do have a, a solid bus system in Hillsborough County, uh, and of course with PSTA in uh, over across the bay. Uh, let's go to uh, Nancy. Uh, not sure what city you're in, Nancy. Hi, you're on the air. Yes, thank you. I'm in St. Petersburg. So um, I think it's a fantastic question because I would love to ride the bus. Mm. Um, I think it's fun to ride the bus. I can read my books, you know, look out the window, relax. The problem that I have is frequency. Mm-hmm. If um, if I have to sit, I'm sorry, but if I have to, like, sit, I, a lot of times, let's say, you know, the bus comes once an hour. Mm-hmm. So I have to schedule that so that, you know, I show up where I need to be at that somewhere around that. I, you know, I haven't really looked into it that much, but I live on a bus line, and I kind of watch, and I rarely see a bus, so I'm thinking to myself, they just don't run that frequently. And I don't mind even walking to the bus stop away. If I have to walk a mile, I'll walk out when I get off of it. But I need to see that bus, you know, coming more often. This is, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Thank you so much for the call, Thank Nancy. You. I appreciate it. I, I, I want to point out that yesterday when I was going to, uh, when I was going to go down to Cuscaden Park for a yeah. swim and I wanted Where to take the bus, I was coming from, I was coming from uh, basically my house, uh, 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 Central Avenue North, north part of Central uh, Seminole Heights, uh, four miles or so north of downtown. And I was going to Cuscaden, which is just in Ebor Heights, right north of uh, Florabraska, right there on Florabraska. Anyways, I pulled out my phone, uh, put the directions into Google. There's a little... Uh, uh, a menu bar on the top you can select you probably know this you can select whether you want to walk drive your own vehicle or take public transportation there are a couple of other options there and if you click on public transportation as i did yesterday then you would see a whole slew a buffet of choices for uh, uh bus routes to get you down there in my case yesterday it was the 400 was the you know the simplest uh fastest route but there were buses about every 15 minutes 12 15 minutes on the 400 15 yeah 15 yeah so um i had a lot of options i just encourage you to take a look at your phone using 
your mapping services, and that might get you uh, the information you're looking for. Nancy, the thank you for that phone call. A lot of people need. Oh, I think Justin had maybe something to say about about that too. Well, just about the frequency thing. These yeah, give so. real time updates. By the way, I should yeah. point That's out that ticket. this is always. It seems to be always on time. It right. told me the bus was running about one minute ahead, and told me the next bus was about two minutes behind. And Google so forth. Maps is a great way to track. It's great. Places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but just. We, you've got real-time information on every bus line in both the counties, right? So you don't have to go out there and wait 30 minutes. You can get out there and wait two to three minutes, you know, give yourself a little buffer because if it's a minute early, right. nothing's worse than seeing the back of the bus. <laughs> oh, but yeah. you, can, you can go out there and you know when it's coming. Hourly service, we're all trying to get away from that. But 30-minute service is pretty good for the level of density and the type of communities that we have here. We've got a couple of corridors that we can justify 15-minute service on. And we're trying to do that. We've got more that we'd like to. We just don't have the resources for it. But you don't have to wait out there. This isn't, you know, this isn't the 90s or before, <laughs> right. right? We've got smartphones. Most people do. Most people. I mean, some, yeah. some of the people riding our services obviously do not. Right. And, and right. we, you know, in their cases, they're checking the schedules and they're kind of doing it the old school way. So we're trying to stay on time so that we're predictable for them as well. But for most of the people we're, we're probably speaking to now and that we're trying to encourage to ride our services... Open Google, select transit, get your smart card out. You don't need a paper fare. You don't need cash. Tap that thing, get on the bus, and then call me and tell me what we can do better. <laughs> I just want to add to that. There's also the transit app. Uh, if you want to set an alert for a route that you, maybe maybe it's right outside your office and you want to catch the bus, uh, you can have it set an alert to give you a notification. Hey, the bus is going to be there in 15 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever uh, notification you want so that you know exactly when to leave your office to go catch it. And right. that app is just called the transit app? Transit app. Okay. Okay. So Ben, of course you asked a couple minutes ago, what would it take for people to take the bus? So Jonathan, I believe was going to tell us here. Uh, Jonathan, hi, you're on the air. Uh, hi, yes. Am I on? Yeah. Um, well, I think I think at the heart of it, um, most people would like to uh, ride transit. Uh, you know, it, it is a convenient way of getting from one place to another, given the, the congestion and the traffic we have in Florida. But I think at the root of it, it would be a combination of things you guys just talked about, you know, uh, Frequency would be one, but I think the most important would be marketing because I think there is a, a perception that not just in the Tampa Bay area, but in the state of Florida, you know, public transit isn't as as uh, convenient or as uh, frequent uh, as, it, as it should be. And um, maybe the, the marketing side of it would be would definitely help a lot and would encourage people to, you know, come out Um but along with that, just the frequency, uh, uh, something else that I, I was talking to someone else about this um, stationary, you know, uh, I think that's that's an, another thing that some people might have issues with. I don't think anybody would want to be standing out in the 301, you know, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a very um, uh, congested uh, highway, you know, standing next to a post, uh, you know, have that be you know, the bus station mm-hmm. when, when it's, it, you know, just having a, a proper station to wait for the, for the transit would be uh, also pretty, pretty um, encouraging for, for people that are looking Some shade, to, uh, a bench. Yeah, a shade, a bench, some, not just a post with a sign that says, you know, heart. And, and that's you know, often the case, right? I mean, right, it's right. sometimes just a, a post and a bench, right? Places. Yeah, maybe just something that will, uh, you know, uh, make it not just um, safe, but... Uh, just uh, you know, uh, that 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 would make it more convenient. You know, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. for them to just come out as opposed to just standing in the grass area somewhere in the middle of the I'd highway. like to have a drink, a martini at every bus stop. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, on 301? Not, not to that extent, of course, yeah. But, yeah, cer- certainly something more, um, a-, a little more comfortable than just standing in in the middle of the highway waiting for the, you know, for the bus. Great points, my friend. Thank Great you. Points. Thank you, Jonathan. We have another call here, right? Spot on. We've got a couple on the Sunrunner, actually. So maybe we should just go to that. And unless somebody wants to comment on. Okay, so let's go to to Christina wants to talk about the Sunrunner. Hi, Christina. Hi. Uh, So I live right in the heart of downtown St. Pete. I have not yet taken the Sunrunner, but it's on my list of things to do. But I have to say, even with as slow as the Central uh, Avenue trolley moves, I take that quite a bit. I have not taken an Uber uh, in probably six months. I mean, I walk, and, and again, I'm I'm a lot luckier than some people. That not everybody can live in downtown St. Pete and live close to these bus lines. But as far as trying to decrease time limits, uh, decrease waiting limits for individuals waiting for the bus and to expand the bus lines throughout Pinellas County and to, uh, into other counties, um, I think a great place to start would be some, uh, some mass advertisement and really sell people on the idea that, hey, you can save your money. You don't even have to spend a lot of money on, on an Uber, and you can take the Sunrunner. Um, maybe you take an Uber. I think earlier someone mentioned um, a program that's going to be implemented, uh, getting $5 off an Uber and taking that to the bus line. Yeah. So maybe that could also What do you say about that, Director of Marketing for <laughs> PSTA? No, I, 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 Christina, I think you're, you're spot on. And that's something that we've been working really hard on is, is getting the word out about, about the Sunrunner and, and educating people and letting them know that it is an option. And I think that there's definitely more effort that we, we plan to put out, uh, to let people know about it over, over the next year. And we're doing many different things like public outreach events, community events. We did a sunset serenade event where we brought on local artists to actually play music on the bus and said, come right, come watch the sunset with us. And and that's definitely something that we are are working on and constantly looking to improve. I completely agree. It's just it's it's all about getting the word out that it exists and letting people know that it's an option. Doesn't it also have a lot to do with uh, just branding out of the gate? I mean, I think you found it with Sunrunner. Right? We, we were having such a hard time saying PSTA, PTSA. How to remember that? Mm-hmm. People hear heart and they kind of think, oh, maybe it has something. I mean, unless you're using the bus every day, maybe it has something to do with public transportation. I don't really know. What does it stand for? I'm not sure. Sunrunner, you sort of get the gist. I think you've hit it with this. Uh, it doesn't doesn't it stand to reason that the, the the cities with great public transportation where people are using them a lot, we just happen to remember those. The T in Boston, for instance. Hey, so we've got some. We only got a couple minutes left to go here. We got several people on the line here, so let's try to get through these as we can. Uh, thank you, Christina, again for calling us up. Let's go to uh, Ken. Also wants to talk about the Sunrunner. Hi, Ken. Hey, uh, my name is Ken. I live in St. Pete Beach. I've lived in there for the last thirty five years. St. Pete Beach opposed the Sun Runner, and in fact, it stopped the Sun Runner from going down to pass the girl. A lot of St. Pete Beach now is becoming privatized. I know the area that I live, the Donson's Art Community, that is going to put up a lock uh, fences to keep people out. We don't want the Sun Runner, and it was highly opposed. Now, that was opposed, I believe, on a lot of socioeconomic and racial terms because people just didn't want. Uh, people that were not like themselves in the community. So how do you combat that and what are your thoughts on that? Well, you're saying saying residents in St. Pete Beach, you think, didn't want folks from, what, St. Pete regular coming over? 
That is correct. There definitely was a lot of negativity, and we talked about that before the show began. Uh, sure. Yeah. Regular. And, and, and I would love to touch on that because you're absolutely right. And, and I think that a lot of the concern was people were only basing were basing some of those ideas off of what they know. And I I will be the first one to say our PSTA buses themselves, and like you said about the branding, even saying PSTA can be kind of difficult, right? The perception <laughs> of what a bus is in our community is not regarded in the highest way. No. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing that was incredibly important to our team when we launched the Central Avenue Bus Rapid Transit Project the name had to be great. Mm-hmm. The look of the bus, the design had to be a, a reflection of the community that it serves, both residents, workers, tourists. We wanted people to have a smile on their face when they saw it. We wanted people to remember it. And that's why that was a, a critical part of the branding, the naming, and the design of the entire service. And I do think that people were, were pleasantly surprised with the results of what it looked like. And and I think that once it did launch, they saw how great the service was and they saw how people were using it, not um, what they would think of or what they thought of as a, as a typical public transportation rider. Or they saw people going to work. They saw people, the housekeepers, going to work at the Don Cesar, as well as beachgoers taking their kids to the beach. And they saw people going to a Rays game and they saw people going to work downtown and people connecting through the Grand Central Station to the Sunrunner service. So I think that there was a lot of fear and concern, but now that it has launched and it has been successful, I think that's changed a lot of people's opinion about public transportation and what it can be. Yeah, I think you knocked it out of the park with the branding. I'll just plug uh, something in Creative Loafing as we approach the two-minute mark here. Uh, Jordan Ducat, a resident dive bar expert, has a great story. She turned the Sunrunner into a bar crawl, and there are some great restaurants uh, in there, so pick, pick up a copy of Creative Loafing uh, uh, to Victoria, see excuse me, Ray, Victoria from, uh, I just not say where she's from, but she says, I would take the bus more often if a places to park near the bus stop speaking about sun runner and then also rain cover or shelter which of course makes a lot of sense um this is some great stuff for sun runner they're, they're very elaborate actually mm-hmm. the the stops that i've seen there on forest mm-hmm. avenue north and south Right, yeah. yes. And, and, and we get a lot of questions about parking. Where am I supposed to park if I want to ride the Sunrunner? Um, and surprisingly, there's a lot of free parking and paid parking around all of the Sunrunner stations. Uh, and I typically do, what, if I'm going to go downtown and eat at, uh, in downtown St. Pete and look at a, go to a restaurant, I'm going to circle around, look for the closest parking spot, right? I, I suggest doing the same thing for a Sunrunner station. Go to a Sunrunner station, look for a parking location. But also, we do have on our website, psta.net, on the Sunrunner page, a uh, map to show you where those parking locations are. Thank you both for joining us, Justin Willits and Whitney Fox. Uh, thank you for talking transit with us. We're the Skinny, Mitch Perry, Ray Rowe, Ben Montgomery, and we're out. You're listening to WMNF Tampa.